Go, 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 50 in the house, bounce. Y'all already know what I'm about. The flow sounds sick over Dre drums. I ain't stupid, I see Doc, then my dope come quicker. Whoa, shorty hips is hypnotic. She moves, she's so erotic. Watch, I'm like, bounce that. Girl, I get it crump in here, I make it jump in here, front in here, we'll thump in here. Oh, so good, so ghetto, so hard. So Four4.com's DFS MVP. I'm holding Kushner with the director of DFS for 4for4.com, TJ Hernandez. TJ, before we get started, what about the music here, man? Yeah, man. Welcome to week one. I don't know with with the uh... The COVID offseason, I don't know if I've been more excited for uh, offseason uh, all, all, shoot, in years. But before we, we discuss all that, uh, Disco Inferno, 50 Cent, the Massacre 2005 album, had to bring us in with something strong to start off the season. Uh, you can find that song along with all of the other intro songs to the DFS MVP podcast on the DFS MVP Spotify playlist. Go to Spotify, search DFS MVP, or look for it on my Twitter. Uh, before we get started, if you haven't signed up for the 444 DFS sub yet, use the promo code DFS MVP. That's all one word, DFS MVP, for 25% off the DFS sub. Uh, if you haven't signed up or haven't uh, looked at the DFS sub before and you are holding out which I don't suggest you do because you want to play this week uh, we are doing free content week one the tools will not be free but we're going to do a free pe preview for all of our DFS articles this week and we're bringing back our rate and review contest if you go on iTunes leave us a five-star rating and review your name will automatically be entered into a drawing to win some free four for four swag the nicest swag in the industry every week we will randomly choose someone that left us a review and we will shout you out here on the podcast but uh with that out of the way holden welcome to week one Welcome to season six. I just yeah. want to congratulate you on that. You've done all five seasons heading into season six. Yeah, man. Uh, you had Raybon for three years, and now yeah. I'm starting my third year. I can't yeah. believe, I can't believe you've been at it for this long, just on the air, just doing this podcast. Forget about playing for all those years. That's a hell of a accomplishment to get through five years. I'm serious. It's exciting, and uh, I mean, I, luckily. Uh, I, I'm not one of the first waves of DFS. I'll consider myself the second wave of DFS, but I, I have a feeling that with sports betting gaining traction, um, with this weird offseason and people hesitant about redraft, I think we thought DFS was going to plateau for a while. I think we might be seeing a DFS spike coming here pretty soon. So I'm excited for this season and seasons to come, man. God, I hope you're right. I so hope you're right. Uh, so here's what we do for new listeners every week. We've got a few of our core plays at every position for the main slates. Okay. Then that's followed by a theory segment. And for today's theory, we're going to touch on week one lines that might be exploitable in which DFS contents uh, contests to target and for our returning listeners thank you very much we really appreciate it absolutely love having you guys aboard and ladies because i know there's a few ladies that listen too but uh, before we get into our actual position by position mm -hmm. here what are we doing with lamar and cmc i mean this is going to be the conversation every week right this is what we talked about last year every single week if you look at any projection model if you look at any uh, value report whether it's on four for four or another site, uh, Lamar, unless something crazy changes, Lamar and Christian McCaffrey are going to be at the top. Lamar, the highest floor quarterback in the league, uh, Christian McCaffrey, the highest floor, highest ceiling player in the league, but they're going to be priced as such, right? So even with those high prices, it's going to be like, can we jam them in? Uh, uh as always, it's going to depend on the value. Uh, it's going to depend on who's available. We don't have any, uh, obvious free squares this week we'll, we'll get to that in, in a little bit because I, I i think there's one that people might be using as a free square maybe even two that i i don't know are is a lock um but with lamar specifically the interesting thing is every single week we have so many mobile versatile quarterbacks in the league now uh that lamar isn't i don't think he's going to separate himself from the field like he did last year one just because of natural regression and two uh, because we have all of those dual threat quarterbacks but uh 
Patrick Mahomes not on the uh, main slate, Deshaun Watson not on the main slate, Dak Prescott not on the main slate. So that waters down the uh, the quarterback pool a little bit for the main slate in week one. Uh, so that, I, I think that would push you to play Lamar because you're going to be more likely to have an edge over the field with Lamar. C- CMC is so expensive uh, that he just really hampers your lineup across the board, especially over on DraftKings. Surprisingly, Lamar and CMC are are doable on FanDuel. Um, again, you're going to have to, it's it's basically going to be, do you trust Antonio Gibson or not? Um, on DraftKings, it's really tough. Um, so those are the things to think about this week. We're going to get into position by position and talk about other players besides those two, uh, but just know that those are always uh, two viable options. And CMC, especially on FanDuel, I mean, where, where it's just a little more reasonable, He's the slate breaker every single week, right? If anybody's going to put up a 50 spot, it's him. So, yeah, I mean, and then you got Mike Thomas this year. Yeah. And we'll get into the wide receivers because sure. Devontae Adams. I, I, let me scroll through here. Let me see what we got here. All right, very good. We're, we're, I like it. I like the yeah. list. Let's yeah. start at quarterback. Huh? Yeah, I mean, and, and you, you mentioned some of those guys as we get to it. Just if you're a new listener, remember, these are our core plays. It doesn't mean that we're – uh, necessarily ignoring different uh, salary ranges or, or players at that position, but like for the most part, this is uh, this is the value that we're finding, and each week's going to be different for whatever reason. Just the way it shapes up this week, uh, it, it's more of a pay up at running back week. But we'll start with quarterbacks for now. Uh, the, there isn't a ton of agreement across when when we do this podcast, uh, when we set up our values, we're looking for values on both sides. Not everyone plays just Fanduel, not everyone plays just DraftKings. There isn't a lot of agreement as far as like top, top values at quarterback this week outside of Lamar. But the one guy that does pop on both FanDuel and DraftKings is Cam Newton. No, 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 no. What's wrong with Cam? I don't even want to hear about Cam. All I have done this whole offseason, all of us, all we hear is Josh Allen's MVP. Josh (laughs) Allen's MVP. Let's do a show about Josh Allen. Let me make my uh, emoji Josh Allen. Everything, screw that. I know Cam Newton's on the list. You better talk about goddamn gosh darn Josh Allen first. Let's want to lead it off with with Josh Allen. Let's lead it off. Uh, As I mentioned, we we don't have uh, a lot of the, the high ceiling or mobile quarterbacks um, on the main slate, I, I mentioned Deshaun, uh, um, Dak, and Mahomes all off the main slate. So outside of Lamar, like who are these mobile quarterbacks that is available? Josh Allen, the only quarterback besides Lamar that rushed over 100 times last year. Uh, decent value as far as price goes, 7,900 Fandle, 6,500 DraftKings. Not crazy cheap, so he doesn't pop in the value report. But one thing that we do project at 4 for 4 is a player's odds to hit his cash game value. And Josh Allen, after Lamar Jackson, is near the top of the list across all positions in terms of likelihood to hit cash game value. So really high. Um, in that regard, the Bills, we're, we're looking for... Uh, quarterbacks that are in, in good game scripts. We want them to be winning and have a chance to score a lot. Six and a half point favorites against a Jets secondary that uh, that is struggling. And Buffalo, if you've been reading or paying attention to my offseason work, like you mentioned, Holden, uh, I'm as high as on Buffalo and their upside with Stephon Diggs, with John Brown, as any offense in the league. Uh, uh, and one thing that we want to do, we're going to get into this later, but exploiting these week one Vegas lines, a lot of times it takes a couple of weeks for Vegas to catch up. This game is projected for a very low point total, but so was Ravens Dolphins last year. And it was a similar point total and it was a similar spread. And this is an offense that I'm looking to break out like the Ravens did last year. So uh, Josh Allen's regardless of what you think of him, his legs are always going to give us one of the safest floors in the league. And I want to get ahead of offenses that I like before prices start to spike. So you look at ceilings and every single week you're going to be talking about Josh Allen, right? I think so. I mean, in, in, unless they just come out and fall flat on their face um, and they're just absolutely awful this receiving core is and they're at least one of the technically the best receiving cores in the league in terms of uh, route running route tree um, ability to run them all and beat man coverage or or, uh, one-on-one or press coverage Uh, reception perception from Matt Harmon shows that so I mean this 
offense, a lot of people are going to look at Diggs and John Brown like standalone. Their numbers might not be great. John Brown um, is might lose some of his volume to Stephon Diggs. He definitely will. And Stephon Diggs is adjusting to a new team. But as an overall offense, this could be a, a crazy dynamic unit. And maybe John Brown and and, um, and Diggs split that work. But when you add Josh Allen throwing to them and his rushing upside, I mean, the, the sky's the limit for this offense, man. All right. So then the other guy, yeah. I, oh, my goodness. I love it. Now, there is a there's a path to I see where Cam Newton's a complete disaster in week one. <laughs> and, for sure. And Cam is 7,300 on Fandle, 6,100 on DK. And that would be, hey, he's coming in a new system. He's never worked it. You know, he's going to be inaccurate. He hasn't played. He basically played nothing over the last two right. seasons. And then the other side of it is Bill Belichick's a pretty smart guy. This guy, Cam Newton's healthy. He's about as dangerous it is, as it is running at the quarterback position mm-hmm. and in a different way. I mean, you have Lamar busting big ones, but this guy just punishes people. They don't want to touch him. Um, and then there's a lot of upside, in the, and there's a pretty, a pretty good game he's a part of, too, against Miami. So... Ooh, there's two ways you can look at it. And I'm going to go on the bright side. What about you? Uh, I'm going to go with the bright side outlook on Cam Newton as well. I mean, again, same thing as talked about with Josh Allen. We don't uh, have the, the deep quarterback pool like we're going to on most weeks. And most importantly, the deep mobile quarterback pool. We, we know Cam Newton's going to get it done with his legs. His price super fair, 7,300 FanDuel, 6,100 on DraftKings. Uh, again, not a ton of agreement, like I mentioned, a- across uh, both sites as far as values go, but we have Cam projected as a top three quarterback value on both sites as a six-and-a-half-point favorite against the Dolphins. Uh, the Dolphins are coming into the season ranked 27th in schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks. Now, we have to be careful with these numbers, right? These matchup numbers, they, they as a league, they generally don't carry uh, very well year-to-year. There's a lot of fluctuation in terms of teams that score the most points, teams that allow the most points, teams that give up the most fantasy points uh, to each position. But where it is generally sticky is on the extremes when it comes to quarterback, especially the teams that were really bad against quarterback. So Miami did upgrade their secondary. They did upgrade their defense, but uh, part of that's relying on some rookies. So there's going to be uh, some some growth that needs to be done there. So I, I don't think that Miami is just all of a sudden a great defense overnight. And you talked about Cam Newton. The last time we saw him play was 2018. And that was a really unique year for Cam Newton because even though he won a MVP in 2015, you can argue that the first 10 games of 2018 before he got hurt was actually his best stretch as a quarterback, not as a player, not as a fantasy player, but just as a straight passer. Uh, The first time we've seen him with high completion percentage, and that was because at that time he was using Christian McCaffrey a lot, and North Turner had him uh, throwing a lot of short routes. I I would be very surprised if we don't see Belichick and Josh McDaniels implement that strategy with Cam, most notably with Julian Edelman and uh, James White. So I think Cam can surprise us and be an efficient passer that we haven't seen for most of his career because of those two weapons and because of the coaching. Yep, that's it. And I wonder how popular it's going to be, but it really doesn't matter. You know, in tournaments, it's going to be spread out. A lot of people be on Lamar Jackson. No, that that's a good point. And uh, those the, the quarterback and defense, we're generally going to see very flat ownership there. So, like, you don't need to try to be super contrarian. M- most quarterbacks aren't going to break ten percent ownership, and even the the quarterbacks with the highest ownership rarely above fifteen percent. So, yeah, you're right. He's going to be like one of the most popular quarterbacks, but you don't need a three percent quarter or one percent quarterback to win a tournament. You better have Josh Allen lineups, dude. Oh, you, and you better oh, cash. On. You oh, better cash on. that. Come on. I want Josh Allen, Zach Moss, Devin Singletary, and John Brown and Stefan Diggs. All of them. I expect that out of you. We're we're doing it. We're bringing it home with with don't a Josh Allen stack. We're All we're right. bringing it home with a Josh Allen stack. Yeah, don't do a Bills stack like that. <laughs> <laughs> so Josh Jacobs will start the running backs off with him. Eighty two hundred Fanduel, sixty eight hundred DraftKings visiting. Just a a horrible, horrible defense yeah. is what we're expecting out of Carolina. They lost their leader, 
Keekley, who was not really good at the end, right. and he was hurt. But still, they lost that guy. This is a this is a train wreck. I'm with you on Jacobs. They they lost Keekley and they lost like basically their entire defensive line. So I mean, yeah, they were bad. So you want to replace all of those players? They're coming into the season 31st in schedule adjusted points allowed to um, opposing running backs. But uh, there there's nothing that suggests they're going to be better. I, I think they're basically full of of rookies, um, especially if you're not playing Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I, I think you probably want Josh Jacobs. You want one of the running backs in this game. Uh, both of these defenses uh, are, are not very good. Raiders are actually more of a pass funnel defense last year, but Christian McCaffrey breaks the mold on that. You know, almost don't care about matchups with Christian McCaffrey, but Carolina um, abysmal versus the run. And we have a, a little bit of hope for, for Josh Jacobs in terms of pass catching. I, I don't think he's going to be a guy that all of a sudden catches 50 balls, but they have talked him up as a pass catcher. Jalen Richard is still there, but they brought in Theo Riddick and then cut him. They drafted Lynn Bowden and then traded him. So uh, Jalen Richard's the only thing standing between Josh Jacobs and uh, catches out of the backfield. Obviously, the weapons in Oakland are a lot better than they were last year uh, with Ruggs and with Brian Edwards and, and – uh, uh, obviously, Darren Waller's there as well. So, again, I don't think Josh Jacobs is going to absorb a huge target share, but there is some hope that he gets some usage in the past game. I don't think that's going to matter this week. The Raiders are favored. Uh, Justin Edwards does preseason offensive line rankings for us every year and then update, updates those throughout the season. Uh, Raiders start the season ranked as a top six offensive line. Uh, so this just sets up as this is going to be a high-scoring game, I, I think. And, and obviously in those situations, even your, your natural inclination is to say, I want the, the pass catchers or um, the passing games in a high-scoring game. But if two offenses are moving the ball well, that means there's going to be a lot of touchdown opportunity for the running backs as well. Uh, so Jacobs and, and, and CMC are, are going to crush. Playing them together in a, a tournament isn't a horrible idea. All right, your next guy I disagree with, but yeah. I can't wait to hear what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miles Sanders, 6,800 FanDuel, 6,300 DraftKings. And before you give your side so eloquently and fact-based – yeah. And statistical base. I will give you a fact. When the coaching staff, the Eagles comes out and says they might have to limit his touches a little sure. bit early in yep. the season. That scares the hell out of me. Definitely. Is is 12 touch. This is not a cash play for me anymore. This is strictly GPP. Yeah. We're, we're really going to, to have to keep an eye on it. He took limited reps um, on Wednesday. Um, but at the same time, like this offense is, uh, they're really struggling in, in the pass catcher role. Um, Alshon Jeffrey weren't expecting to play anyway, but now Jalen Rager, I, even though he practiced Wednesday, it sounded like it was to bring him back at week two at the earliest. Uh, Dallas Goddard is, uh, I, I think he has a hairline fracture in his thumb. I don't remember the injury. It was a hand yep. injury. Um, so, I mean, after Zach Ertz, Deshaun Jackson is, he's a low volume deep threat guy. Like, I don't think Deshaun's going to go out there and get 10 targets. Uh, so even if Sanders is like splits carries with Boston Scott, Sanders is a, a phenomenal pass catcher. So I think that he can be, even if you're worried about his carries, go out there and be the number two in the receiving game, especially one thing that, that Evan Silva pointed out um, in his write-up about this the game this week. Washington has a, a good front seven, and even though uh, the – is it Jason Peters that were was they were thinking wasn't going to play? Um, he's he's going to play, but who's that? The, the uh, offensive lineman for the oh for Peters. The they're moving him to left tackle. Yeah, right, right. But there was questions that he wasn't going to play, but still coming back um, with basically no camp. So Evan Silva pointed out that Goddard because of, of all of these things going on, even if Goddard plays 100% of the snaps, a lot of times it could be uh, just to, to block, to stay in line. So, um, I mean, yeah, you, you really want to pay attention to uh, the news leading up to uh, leading up to Sunday, especially the practice notes. If he's practicing in full, uh, then, then I think we're going to be more comfortable. Uh, we're recording this Wednesday night, so still quite a few days before we get uh, news. But as it stands right now, we have Miles Sanders ranked as a top four value on both sites. He's sub $7,000 on both sites, 6,800 FanDuel, 6,300 DraftKings. Uh, Philadelphia is a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, Washington is is a, a bottom five defense against running backs coming into the season. 
and uh, there, there just isn't a lot of of really cheap value. Again, I, I talked about if you're going to try to get to uh, CMC or Lamar Jackson, you're probably going to use Gibson, but like, where else are you going to save money at a running back or even find a, a decent value running back? Like, um, Eckler is kind of affordable, but like nobody that is really saving you enough money that you're super comfortable. Hmm. All right. I'm uncomfortable as all. I'll say yeah, with that. Yeah. You make your, like I said, you bring the stats, you bring the logic. Yeah. Watch but, the practice. The practice notes are going to be very important for really the Eagles as a whole this week. Yeah. Um, that, that's a game. That game has a uh, a wider range of outcomes than than I think people are realizing. Especially the, the lines moving. They opened as seven point favorites whenever like DraftKings pricing came out a month ago. That was the first time I really looked at Week One pricing. It's down to five and a half. Um, so. Uh, it's moving towards Washington. That's um, the Eagles' offensive line injuries. That's well, for what sure, that is. for yeah. sure. And there's just a lot of movement, and uh, uh, this game is is going to be more volatile than people realize, uh, despite that five and a half point spread. I would play an if I had IDP DFS this week, I would just have Young just all over my teams. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, can you imagine what he's, like, that kid's gonna do? Oh my god! It, it could be the. Uh, that could be the, the, the breakout uh, game week one right here. All right, here we go. Wide receiver. I yeah. see a note that says Deshaun Caveat. I, right now at four for four, we have, um, we have Deshaun projected as a relatively high value, and I have him projected as uh, like a, a top five player in terms of projected ownership uh, on both FanDuel and DraftKings. With everything that we just talked about on the Eagles, all the concerns of their pass catchers. Um, I would not be surprised, given Deshaun's price. Um, he, he's sub six thousand on FanDuel, sub five thousand dollars on DraftKings. That he ends up being the highest owned wide receiver on the main slate. Now, I'm not a fan of eating the chalk on a low volume boom bust play um, at wide receiver. If he ends up in like thirty percent of lineups, like you're, that's just a horrible place to miss. You're, if you miss on a, on a seventy percent running back, like whatever, every, everybody's on him. But if you miss on this low volume wide receiver, like that's a really good way to just have a very bad week. He's a really good value. I get it. Um, on DraftKings, people can make up like his booms with volume that I don't think he's going to get on Fanduel. It's probably a little more. Uh, it, it makes more sense to go after those boom plays in cash games, but uh, I'm, I'm writing up Deshaun as a value as a cash play in my uh, articles. But there is uh, there's reason to to not eat the chalk even in cash games on a low volume wide receiver. Great GPP play. I, he actually might be a little too too highly owned. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think he, like, as we get, again, we're recording this on Wednesday. As we get to Sunday, I wouldn't be surprised to see us and other sides projecting him at over 25% ownership. So let's get into the, the rest of the wide receivers yeah, here. Guys, we for sure like. I feel like this is the, if you don't know who Rodney Dangerfield is, there's probably a lot of listeners that don't. Um, he's a guy that just got no respect. <laughs> I feel like Allen Robinson gets no respect. Seventy two hundred. He is the Rodney Dangerfield of the seventy two hundred Fanduel, sixty five hundred DraftKings at Detroit. I actually like the Detroit side in this game, and Robinson is a great choice. Think about the volume he has a chance at. He is an awesome wide receiver, TJ. He just has crap to work with a quarterback. This guy is a spectacular talent, a total beast. Yeah, you you mentioned Michael Thomas and, and Devonte. Uh, you didn't include Julio in there, but like if we're going cash game plays or, or building our highest floor team, uh, it's really hard to justify paying all the way up for any of those receivers because we want the Josh Jacobs, we want the um, the Christian McCaffreys, uh, maybe even like the the um, the Joe Mixons or the Alvin Kamara. So if you if you're rostering multiple of those guys, especially if you're rostering Lamar, it's just going to be hard to get up to the receivers. So Allen Robinson's kind of that ceiling tier that I'm willing to pay up for in cash games this week. 7,200 Fanduel, 6,500 DraftKings. Uh, Detroit's coming into the season last in. Uh, adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers now they're without Darius Slay uh, so again a, a team that was bad that got worse at least in terms of talent uh, 
the a, a lot of us in the fantasy community were uh, Nick Foles is going to make this offense better all off season, and then Trubisky wins the starting job uh, at the very least for Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson was third in targets last year with Mitch Trubisky, so we're going to be comfortable with with his volume uh, at, at least. And this is an interesting game to me because this isn't a game I'm going to stack, but. I do think that we're going to see a, a tournament-winning player from this game. Uh, Stafford is back and healthy, and he was crazy efficient last year, and that's because Daryl Bevel, even though their, their passing rate wasn't as high as it's been in the past, they were throwing the deep ball at the highest rate in Stafford's career. And, I mean, look at their targets. They got, uh, they got Kenny Galladay, they got Marvin Jones, they got TJ Hawkinson. Those are players you want to throw deep to. So Chicago's a good defense, but we saw Kenny. Kenny Galladay hang a, a 29 spot on them last year. And then on the flip side, you got Allen Robinson. You got Anthony Miller against a very uh, bad Detroit secondary. So I don't think this will be a high-scoring game, but I do think somebody's going to pop, and Allen Robinson's the highest-volume player on the field. Terry McLaurin, Washington, mm-hmm. the Washington football team going the up wa- against Philadelphia. The Washington Dave Chappelle's. You know, I have to, th- do I throw away my Redskins hat? I mean, it's from like 1982. My ex-girlfriend left it in my house. It's an awesome hat, but I don't, I don't think I can wear it. Just, I don't know what the move is. I don't think you could wear it. Um, no, I'm just going to put it away in like a box. Yeah. Be like, yeah. remember when the world was racist, grandchild, <laughs> and we thought this was a good team name. Man, uh, they're <laughs> in like that. It's it's crazy because like that's a legit thing that like Washington hasn't even been able to focus on on football this offseason, right? No. It's, it's so like they're they're like in such disarray. They had to deal with the the name change. Um, the lawsuits, have, like, the, the lawsuits, uh, people trying to get them to, to sell the team. Their their coach, I mean, has has cancer. That's such a bummer. So many distractions coming into the season. Uh, like like, how do you even like ex- like all their their backfield's a mess. Um, they have no continuity or or like expectations going into the season. The one bright spot is Terry McLaurin. Um, he has no competition for targets. We we talked about this game has a wide range of outcomes, but. If we expect Philadelphia to um, to to win as much as as the spread suggests, then the then Washington's going to be in a negative game script, and Terry McLaurin's like their obvious number one target. Haskins actually ended the season pretty efficiently down the stretch last year, um, and if this game is close, it's probably going to be of the shootout variety. Philadelphia seventh most deep ball completions allowed last year, seventh most deep ball touchdowns allowed last year. That's on, on uh, pass attempts of 15 yards or more. Uh, so McLaurin is, is a cash game play for me just because of his volume, because of his price. This whole price range actually is really interesting on both sides. A lot of, a lot of plays similar to, to McLaurin, DJ Chark types. Um, but if you, do like Philly and right now Philly is our uh, actually highest projection in terms of team ownership this is a good run it back option if you're running out of Philadelphia team stack or if Philly does end up super high ownership if if people stay on Sanders um, if Zach Ertz is super high owned if Wentz gains some traction if Deshaun Jackson is high on like I said it could be a contrarian stack to go with a correlated passing game go with the Haskins Terry McLaurin stack all right, next up, who do we have? My favorite receiver on the West Coast, D.K. Metcalf, the physical freak. He is 6,400 on FanDuel. He is 5,800 on DraftKings. He and the Seattle Seahawks are going to the East Coast to take on the Atlanta Falcons. So, you know what? Between Metcalf and Lockett, it's going to be a, a flip of the coin. But I got to tell you, in this case, and I think Tyler Lockett's an amazing receiver. I think DK Metcalf is pretty close to that. Plus, he's bigger, stronger, and faster, right? Yeah, and, and I mean, they they Lockett is underrated as a as a uh, downfield threat, but like that's what DK Metcalf does. He he gets down the field. They just, um, I mean, I I think he had the highest percentage of nine routes in the league among uh, receivers. I don't remember what the cutoff for routes is. Something like two hundred routes or something. Uh, but uh, 
DK Metcalf, 6,400 Fandle, 5,800 DraftKings. You mentioned Tyler Lockett. Also in the same vein, uh, Calvin Ridley. Like just those three wide receivers in this game are, are all priced pretty close together, but DK Metcalf is the cheapest. Just the, the point of bringing up Metcalf is really to bring up all three of those players that however you build your lineup to get one of those three into your lineup because we just want exposure to this game. Uh, 49 points is the highest over under um, of the week. I, I believe it's tied with the the Saints game but this spread is the smallest of the week uh, one and a half points so uh, this is most likely to be the shootout of the week at least on the main slate Atlanta one of the worst secondaries in the league Seattle one of the worst pass rushes in the league and the reason I I, I like DK Metcalf and to a lesser extent Tyler Lockett um, even though I love Ridley is that Seattle they're just set up right now to be one of the most concentrated passing uh, offenses in the league. Last year, it was the Browns with Odell and Jarvis. Now they have uh, they have Hunt. They have a couple tight ends, so those targets could be spread out a little more. Um, it was also the Saints with Kamara and Michael Thomas. Uh, they have Emmanuel Sanders now, Jared Cook in the mix, so those targets might be a little bit more spread out. So we could see... Metcalf and Lockett combined for the highest target share uh, in the league last year. And even on the opposite side with Atlanta, um, you have Hayden Hurst there. He might take some targets. Will Gurley take some targets early on. Uh, Russell Gage came on a little bit strong um, down, down the stretch last year. Uh, so, I mean, I just I really like the Seattle side of this ball. And apparently Russell wants to play like every quarter is the fourth quarter. We'll see if that happens with Schottenheimer. But at least they're talking about Seattle passing more. Yeah, we talked about that last year, and then we talked yeah, about I that know, the year before. The, the year, year before, we, sure. I, I legit remember right. talking about the yeah. same exact thing last year. But, but you we, bring up a great point, real quick, TJ. You bring up a great point because, fine, they don't throw as much, but mm-hmm. they're throwing to the right guys. In right. there's efficiency in the real pass game, and that's kind of efficiency in fantasy football in DFS. Yeah. Yes, it's um, it's it's very um. It's very Ravens-esque to a lighter extent. Like obviously, like Lamar, he had the fewest pass attempts among the only 401 pass attempts and was the best fantasy quarterback in the league. We've seen Russell Wilson do it year in and year out. And if we know the two guys that are catching the ball, then even if they only throw it 475 times, we're going to be okay. Hmm. All right, let's, uh, let's get off the wide receivers now. Yeah. We move on to tight end. So here's what I found. Yep. Okay. Here's here's the top guys on the slate. Kittle, best matchup, best wide receiver, best matchup. Arizona gave up 16 touchdowns last year, right? I mean, you just <laughs> they're so bad. Andrews probably has the second best matchup. Waller mm-hmm. probably has the second or fourth best matchup. Yeah. <laughs> All these guys at the top have great matchups, and then there's two or three guys that I know we're going to bring up that you're going to bring up and say, but you don't have to pay for those guys. So uh, yeah, I. I don't know. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you no, off. No, go for but, it. Uh, I don't know if you can not pay for one of these guys uh, just because uh, we, we talked about in some of the preseason podcasts and I talked about in some of my preseason write-ups that we, we have more talent at the position this year and we're going to get some opportunities to be contrarian. I, I think the, um, the the guys on the low end are going to creep up towards some of the guys on the high end. but. It's, it's not going to start week one. You talked about Kittle. Uh, Debo Samuel and Ayuk, um, both questionable. I, I don't even know if, if Ayuk even has a chance to play. Uh, Samuel, definitely questionable. Andrews already doesn't have competition for targets in Baltimore. It's him and Marquise Brown. And we already talked about Philly. Um, Deshaun's not going to command a ton of targets. No Alshon, uh, no Jalen Rager. Uh, Goddard might be used to block. So Ertz, I mean... Do you just you just pencil them in for for ten targets, and then all the defenses that they uh, face uh, poor against tight ends. All of the uh, spreads are very high in in favor of those three tight ends. So there there isn't a ton of like bottom tier value, but especially on on Fanduel, there's enough where you can get your your pick of the litter at tight end if you choose. So so and you didn't include waller in that you're not putting him up there with that matchup with that volume yeah i i mean i i don't know that um that he's necessarily just like 
in these guys tier. Like we mm-hmm. saw him get the high volume last year, but he wasn't getting the red zone looks. Now they actually have a couple receivers that are good, which they didn't have last year. Uh, it's, it's a team that they could run really heavily against and Carr just isn't going to give us these like spike performances from his pass catchers. They're going to need to, to run after the catch. It's set up more for, for rugs to succeed for Waller. So like, sure, maybe Waller gets eight targets, but, uh, it's just not a passing game I, I want to invest in necessarily. I'd rather uh, get Jacobs in there and uh, target the other side of the, of the passing game in that game. Well said. Uh, Hunter Henry, he's still he's here again. We're back with Hunter Henry. 6,000 uh, FanDuel, 5,300 DK at Cincinnati. It, yeah, If so this is more of like a are you comfortable with Hayden Hurst? Uh, because Hayden Hurst is actually going to pop as a slightly better value. He's going to be cheaper, but are we – comfortable with his role he's taking over the austin hooper role but we've we haven't seen him play so if you have confidence that hurst is going to go in there and just absorb all those targets fine but i don't know that that's the case um with all the players i mentioned when we were talking about calvin ridley uh hunter henry is uh in a position now all of a sudden where without mike williams uh this offense they have keenan allen hunter henry and austin ecker like who else is getting the ball i i know uh tyrod is i i I guess he's gonna run a little bit but um this is gonna be a pretty concentrated passing game between those three guys cincinnati's a defense that uh just is not good from top to bottom and again going back to uh some some real football points that evan silva made um without mike williams this team might be running a lot of two tight end sets and if that happens Keenan Allen gets pushed to the outside. He's a guy that dominates in the slot. Tyrod Taylor's a quarterback that uh, generally uh, succeeds in the middle of the field. So if, if Keenan Allen's outside, all of a sudden, like, is he not the volume or consistent receiver that we've seen in the past, or at least for this first week? Uh, so that would that could like make Henry the de facto uh, wide receiver one at least for week one. Uh, Chris Herndon's three point three k on DK. What are you doing with him? I, we want uh, tight ends that are in a good game script. We obviously want volume, and we definitely want scoring upside, especially on on FanDuel. Um, on DraftKings, where salary is a little bit tighter, uh, you can make up for the lack of upside with volume, but tight end is so strong this week at the top that you're just losing a lot by going all the way down to Herndon, um, especially with guys we talked about, Hurst and Henry available. Buffalo's an insanely good defense top to bottom. Uh, I, I, I think this Jets team is just going to be a disaster. I mean, if Herndon gets eight targets, nine targets, how high of quality are those targets going to be? Um, he's not even on my list on FanDuel. On DraftKings, if you're playing Herndon, it has to be to get to Christian McCaffrey. If you're playing Herndon and not Christian McCaffrey, I think that's just a disaster. Like That's the reason you're paying all the way down is to get to CMC. I mean, I'd rather go eight hundred dollars more to Goddard. Sure. I mean, yep. But you got to find the eight hundred dollars. It's not going to be right. You know, there's a lot of different ways to get to it. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I mean you can go three hundred dollars more, pay, play Jack Doyle in a great game script with a quarterback that that likes his his tight ends in general. While we were doing this, I was just uh, kind of threw McCaffrey and and Lamar Jackson into a lineup mm-hmm. with McLaurin. Yep. And you kind of end up with two sub five thousand dollar running backs and yeah. dallas goddard yeah to, to make to make Whew, cmc and lamar work you basically um have to trust gibson and and punt somewhere else uh i i just can't get on the gibson and cash train no it's it's gonna be tough it's real again I, I don't know what you're doing are you just going thomas and lamar jackson you've got to you, you've got to want to put two of these guys up there to go that route to have right. to consider it, I suppose. Right. Okay, so let's get back on track here. Sorry about that. I divulge. Uh, defense, Patriots, 4,600 FanDuel, 3,200 DraftKings. They did have about half their roster on the defensive side of the football turnover too. But, yeah. man, uh, there's still talent over there, and that is a juicy matchup called Fitzmagic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You you uh you trust Belichick in these spots. Um Patriots with 
I mean, you talk about Belichick in a bye week, Belichick with all off season to prepare. He's, he's going to dial something up for anybody that he's facing. Patriots, six and a half point favorites. Uh, same as always, we're looking for spots where teams are ahead. We're looking for spots where teams can get pressure. Those pressures turn into sacks and turnovers. Justin Edwards ranks Miami um, as the fourth worst offensive line in the league going into the season. Ryan Fitzpatrick, five, 4.5 interception rate in losses. That's tied for the highest in the league, tied with Baker Mayfield um, among active quarterbacks that are going to be starting in, in week one. Uh, so Fitzpatrick uh, probably going to be in a losing game script, and, and we know he likes to chuck it. You get a lot of upside from that, but you also get a lot of downside. Hmm. Uh, one other team, Colts, 3,700 FanDuel, 30, what, 3,000, just 3,000 on DK? Yeah, uh, they are um, they're they're affordable, uh, relatively affordable to some of these other top teams. Uh, they're favored by eight points. Uh, Jacksonville is is a team. I mean, are, are they just going to tank? Are they just tanking this season? It's it's hard it's hard to tell. Uh, uh, Minshew is mobile and he doesn't throw or he didn't throw a ton of interceptions last year, but that is still a relatively small sample. Uh, this this might just be a runaway for the Colts. The the line's eight. I wouldn't be surprised if it's twenty. And that's just a spot where uh, you want, especially if a, a defense is relatively affordable, where you want to um, you want to target those spots for sure. Which is why I want a Minshew shark stack. Definitely like me some shark. Yeah, um, that's one that I'm looking at right now. D- yes, DJ, because they're gonna have to play catch up. Yep. You would think very would similar think. To, to the him him and if you like McLaurin, you should like Shark. Shark one guy guys that uh, are just going to get a ton of volume without a lot of competition and what should be a really negative game script. Those those spots favor the pass catchers, the quarterbacks, uh, not always, but uh, the, the primary pass catcher usually makes up uh, in in the uh, the catch up area. It is game theory time. It's mm-hmm. game theory time. So excited. Did you like Wendy's song? I thought about it all off season. Yeah, so it could be our new chime to, to head Appreciate into the, that. Uh, to, to the theory. Well, Josh Moore spent a ton of money on production, and uh, that's what you tell. got. Yeah, man. Thanks, Josh Moore. The, uh, Vegas Lions to exploit. I'm really looking forward to the DFS contest to target because you always remind me this time of year which ones I should be going in. So let's start yeah. with the lines, though. Let's start with the Vegas line to exploit. Yeah, we've done. A, um, I mean, we've done deep dives on here uh, this season. We've we've done some rebroadcasts. We've done it as uh, overall theory segments. Um, as lines to exploit. We last year this time, I, I believe we talked about. Uh, how early in the season that uh, Vegas lines typically um, overestimate the top teams and slightly underestimate the second tier. So essentially, like if you have, uh, say, you have three teams projected for 28 points, and then the next three teams are projected for somewhere to like 25 to 27 points. Over the last 10 years, that second tier of teams has has actually scored roughly as much as that top tier of teams if we're looking at implied point totals. So there is some. Uh, value in targeting that second tier, especially early uh, in the season. This isn't going to focus specifically on that. It's more of a a thought exercise in that uh, we have basically no offseason or an abbreviated offseason. And there's a lot of unknowns in every single week one, but especially this year. And I think one thing that you should just be doing in general in not even just in DFS and fantasy is not just looking at upside or, or, um, or spreads or, or potential points, but like, where can things go wrong? Where can we be way off on these things? Or, or what is something that we, uh, that isn't in a, a spreadsheet or in last year's data that might throw us for a loop. Um, so there's four games that stand out to me that I think might go against what we expect. Um, so, I mean, if, if you have any thoughts on these when I mention them, let me know. But the first one, um, I think this is the least likely out of the three we're going to talk about, but at least one that's worth considering just because they're going to be such a popular team. And that's the Ravens. So, I mean, we saw Lamar, uh, obviously, MVP season last year. Mark Andrews, uh, one of the best tight end surprises in the league. And then just this team as a whole uh, was fantastic. Uh we know that Lamar Jackson's going to regress as a passer. He could still be the QB one, but he's not going to throw 
uh, touchdowns at a 9% clip. It's just not how football works. Maybe it goes down to 6.5% and he's still the QB1. But if things don't work out this week one, the Browns have a new play caller in, in Kevin Stefanski. Um, he successfully ran a very uh, uh, run-heavy offense in Minnesota, and now they have a bunch of tight ends. Um, they have two very good running backs. So it's not out of the realm of possibility, especially with how good Baltimore secondary is, that Stefanski devises a game plan where Cleveland controls the clock where they run it very well where they really exploit play action against a really good secondary and if they can keep the ball if they can play keep away which is such a cliche to say and, and I've, a lot of times just not like really thought through um then all of a sudden even if baltimore's good even if lamar jackson's efficient maybe if ball even if they squeak it out if ball they it might be like a, a 24 to 17 win and uh, all of the fireworks and, and explosions that we saw from Lamar last year don't happen. In the immortal words of the great philosopher Mike Tyson, everybody has a plan until they get hit in the face. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's what Stefanski going to be looking to do. <laughs> I hear it, man. And actually, you might want to call him up. You might want to use that. It seems like a good plan to me. San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you want to know something? San Francisco, Kyler Murray had a couple really good games about against him last year. Yeah, fantasy wise th yeah for sure uh i mean if if there's a game that i'm looking at with a big spread that i think could really go off the rails um it's this one san francisco's favored by a touchdown uh we saw them down the stretch well let's start with arizona um just in general these two teams combined for 115 points in two games last year uh the 49ers they gave up 21 and 26 fantasy points to Kyler Murray in weeks 9 and weeks 11. Uh, after they faced Kyler Murray in week 9, from week 9 through week 17, they were allowing 22 fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. Um, they lost one of their best defensive players in the offseason. Um, we saw them struggle down the stretch. It's a defense that's probably just going to regress in general, and now they're playing Arizona team that uh, they're a year older as far as Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. They, ha they have some experience under their belt, both in the NFL between those two rookies and just as a cohesive offense. And now they added DeAndre Hopkins. I know a lot of people aren't excited about DeAndre Hopkins as a standalone fantasy asset, but I don't think anybody would argue that he makes any offense better. So I don't think that San Francisco wins this game by seven. I wouldn't be surprised if Cardinals win outright. And if you're relying on the Niners to be up by seven, and I don't say, for example, Raheem Mostert to dominate because of a great game script like he did last year, um, you might be in for a surprise. This might all of a sudden be a shootout that the 49ers lose. Uh, so I'm not looking at the seven-point spread and just assuming that the Niners dominate. I think this is going to be a really close game. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game, um, and I think Arizona could pull off the upset. Let's uh, exploit the Philadelphia-Washington game here from the Philadelphia side. Sure. These other two we, we already kind of touched on, but uh, I, I definitely think they're, they're worth re-exploring. Um, like I said, uh, Evan Silva pointed out that where Washington is weak is on the back end of their defense, but their front seven is um, insanely good, and they, they made that even better this year in the draft. Eagles uh, banged up on the offensive line. Uh, missing a a lot of uh their their primary pass catchers and was Carson Wentz was he a little bit hobbled uh, last week in camp as well he's always hobbled right. TJ yeah right but He'll I mean that but, but that's a huge problem though because one of his strengths is his mobility so if that's taken away even a little bit against a good front seven and an offensive line that's banged up that's going to impact his ability to scramble to get away to make plays happen uh so i mean i i'm already talking about that i think deshaun jackson might be a fade you're down on miles sanders washington has a good front seven like this could be a game where the contrarian play playing washington or just fading the eagles who we have projected as the most popular team that might be the play this week. And we have a bunch of Eagles ranked super high as, as value plays. Um, so I, I th it's just a spot where, like, like uh, put up your antennas and, and don't just blindly lock these Eagles in. 
And then uh, you talked about the Bills, right? So where everybody's yeah. saying low-scoring game. Before you get into them, I think it is important to note your thoughts on this because I think it is going to be some ugly, disgusting, gross, sloppy football in most of the games. I bet you there's still three or four games that go off, but I get it. The veterans, normal week one with a preseason, it's ugly. Normal week two, it's a little bit better. This is a different week one, TJ. This is this is nuts, man. For sure. Um, I, I'm i kind of banking on the idea that uh, it's going to take the defenses time to catch up. They're the, they're the ones reacting. Hmm. Um, they're the ones that, that are, are, are need to be cohesive. And if that is our, our thought that this offseason is really going to impact things, what should we be looking for? Like units that, that are cohesive, that have a lot of turnover from last year. Um, Bill's defense is in shape like they were last year. They they didn't really lose anybody on offense. I think their coaching staff, Brian DeBall, has done a great job with Josh Allen, and now they add one of the best wide receivers in the league. So if we're talking about teams that have consistency, Buffalo is one of those few teams that is going to be insanely consistent, at least in terms of what they're bringing to the table from last year. Uh, Jets, on the other hand, I don't think anybody is expecting them to be a good team. They're secondary that that got torched last year, especially on the deep plays like uh, Buffalo likes to run. And now they have another wide receiver that can help them uh, execute those deep plays. Uh, I mean, it's it's a cherry pick, but last year, um, like the the Ravens were a team that we were excited about, but not didn't know what to expect. Um, Lamar Jackson was a quarterback that was uh, still hadn't broken out, obviously. And going into the first week of the season, they were playing a, a bad secondary in Miami, just like New York is. They were favored by a touchdown. Buffalo's favored by six and a half points. And it was a game that was projected for only 41 points. This game's only projected for 39 and a half points. Um, Vegas gets a couple things wrong. And, and there's an offense or two that, that uh, breaks out in week one. And that's the, the wave that we end up writing all year. And, and uh, I'm going to try to catch that wave before anyone else does this year. And then here's my my the fun part here the yeah, DFS man. contest to target we always yep. do this a couple times which mm-hmm. ones am I entering this year come on right yeah. week one remind me yeah I I mean we we've done tons of like really deep game selection um, uh, podcasts on here before I think I rebroadcasted one in the preseason we had Levitan on here to talk about how he attacks uh, DraftKings specifically um, but I I want to talk about going through the lobby um not going like cash like what percentage cash game we've talked about a ton uh we had pat james on here a couple weeks ago to talk about playing single entries in cash but like what contest specifically should you be targeting uh so just a couple that stood out to me on the site it's like not going to go through the whole lobby here uh fandle i'm not in love with what they offer in terms of gpps or even their single entries uh the structures just generally aren't great uh, compared to some of the other sites, which isn't a knock on FanDuel, it just is what it is. Some some sites offer different things, but if you're new to FanDuel, there's, there's two things that really stand out to me when I look at their lobby. Um, one is if you're new to DFS, they offer beginner contests. Uh, we've talked about that on here before. I talked about that in my, my preseason recap, but the the cash line and the the chances of winning in these beginner contests is just so astronomically higher because you're, you're facing uh, worse competition, the rake's lower, more per- people get paid out. Look for those if you qualify. But people know how to find 50-50s. They know how to find double-ups. They know play he- head-to-heads. Where they always slip up is playing GPPs. Like, they go after these big tournaments. Um, they go to the feature lobby. They play the Sunday Million, or, or they play something that has a $10,000 to first place. And one thing that I and I've overlooked this and, and I'm really going to implement this into my game this year. FanDuel offers these 100 player leagues. So they're set up like tournaments. Um, so, for example, the twenty five dollar buy in uh, the, the percentage of players that's paid out is a little less than a tournament. But you only have to beat 100 players to win six hundred twenty five dollars. So twenty five times your buy in. You only have to top 100 players. Uh, you can make the argument that we talk about putting your cash lineup into a GPP. Instead of doing that, why not put it in this? Like you only have to leap 100 players to to 
25x your money. Whereas if you put it in a single entry contest, even if that cash lineup blows up, like you probably, if, if it's like a 2000 person contest, you probably have to come in the top six or seven, maybe top 10 out of 2000 people to 25x your money, if you'll even 25x your money then. Uh, so I think this is a really, really good opportunity for people that aren't familiar with tournaments that want to get some, uh, get some experience in building tournament lineups, have some upside built into the lineup. And like I just suggested, some people are going to put their cash lineup in it. So if you practice building some, some GPP lineups, you might actually be facing a softer field in terms of upside than you would in a GPP. Throw them in both. Just throw them in both. Yeah, That's for sure. Simple. If you Definitely. don't even want to throw your cash line up in a in a, just throw it in like a one dollar thing. What if yeah. it just goes off and your your cash line up that day has like a player that's 0.2% on who knows well and and the great thing about these 100 player leagues on FanDuel is say you say there is a single entry tournament that you think is worthy of, of that's small enough to put your cash lineup in or it's small enough where you're not comfortable playing GPPs but you want to start getting used to it a lot of times that will fill and that's the only one available that's good there's a bunch of these 100 player leagues so like you said you can put your cash line up in one and use the other one to practice getting good at gpp is like so many people just stay in the feature lobby and miss out on these games and i think these 100 player leagues are a really really good uh way to build upside into your your uh process each week how about dk what's going on over there uh similar man we we want to stay away from from the feature lobby i mean obviously there's there's upside in those big games but one thing that DraftKings has that FanDuel doesn't is a 10x booster so there's there's triple ups there's quintuple ups or 5x boosters DraftKings offers these 10x boosters so uh kind of similar to what we just talked about with the 100 player leagues but for example this is a um Say it's a $10, 117-man league. The top 10 win $100. So, again, you 10x your money. Um, whereas if you're in something like even like a really small tournament, like one thing DraftKings does is they have all of these featured contests. Uh, for example, the, the Slant is one of their biggest contests each week. But then they roll out a mini version of that. So say if, if, the, if the Slant is 60,000 players, I don't know what the number is, they'll have a mini version where there's only 653 players and it's not 150 max. It might just be like a, a 5 max or a 10 max or something like that. But even in that, mini slant which is one of the best small tournaments available at nine dollars there's 650 players you need to come in eighth to 10x your money so you need to beat 645 players to turn your nine dollars into ninety dollars or if you just play this booster 10 out of the 117 players it doesn't matter if you come in first or tenth you will 10x your money in those so again just a, a, another way to build upside into your lineup whether it's a, a cash game where you're practicing gpps um, and getting out of that main lobby and another thing that DraftKings offers that i really love and, and a lot of people i think miss out on because they're looking for tournaments looking for feature looking for something with a star next to it they're not called tournaments, they're under the tournament tab, but they're called contests. So there's a 200 man contest that is basically set up like a, a smaller tournament, um, but the rake on it is only 10% and 15% of the money's going to first, so it's a relatively flat payout. So again, it might not be like the 20% of the field getting paid out, but you only have to beat 200 players uh, to to get a, a really nice return on your money. So go through and look for the, these games that are called. They're literally just called 200-man contests, 100-man contests. Those are really good upside games to build into your weekly game selection. Um, they're just going to be easier to beat than, than tournaments. Yahoo. It's just on Yahoo. They said, come on. Sign up for the Daily Fantasy 500,000K baller, 100K to first, $10 entry fee. Look, there, there's going to be a ton of people that ignore my advice that we just talked about with FanDuel and DraftKings. It mm -hmm. is what it is. So if you are going to chase a big prize, like still be smart with it. You don't need just because you have money on one site doesn't mean that you have to play the games they offer. Pull the money off and put it somewhere else. Play on three yep. different sites. From a GPP structure perspective, um, you're not going to win a million dollars on Yahoo, but let's be real. You're probably not going to win a million dollars on FanDuel or DraftKings either, so why not just play the best structure game available? The Baller is the main event on 
uh, on Yahoo, that's a $500,000 um, guarantee prize pool. The rake on that is only 12%, so that's really good compared to uh, the other sites where they're offering, or not offering, but they're charging like a 16% rake. But this is probably, if you're playing multi-entry GPP, I think this is probably the best tournament that I've seen um, outside of, of like a beginner game or last year when Yahoo was offering uh, no management fee or no rake. This is a term you might be familiar with. They have a $100,000 guarantee for $25 buy-in. It's a 15 max, only 10% management fee, 10% of the prize pools to first, so $10,000 if you win it. Uh, 10th place is $1,000, so it's 10% of the first place prize, which is, is very rare to see. Usually these games are insanely top-heavy, and it's like 5 or even like 25 or 3% of the first place prize to 10th place. 24% of the field gets paid out in the $100,000 guarantee. And if you min cash, you double your money, which isn't standard anymore um, in uh, in tournaments. So if you're going to play multi-entry, if you're going to mass enter, that $100 guarantee is on Yahoo. That's the best tournament you're going to find this week. Let's take it to the bank, man. Let's do yeah, it. Dude. All right, what else we got? We want to say goodbye. Did we do everything? Is the first yeah, show we, over? The, we are officially into the 2020 season. Oh, thank God. <laughs> We're here. I wasn't ready, sure we'd get here. Rock. I we actually did. TJ, at one point, I was actually rooting for an asteroid, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> we got through it. It felt like it for a while. We got through it, man. We did yeah. it. Yeah, man. Uh, well, Guys, uh, welcome back to the season. If you haven't been on, on our off-season pods, um, I mean, we still got time before we w- week one. I, I'd really recommend that you you check those out because they are um, a really good refresher course in what worked in 2019. And if you're new to, to DFS, uh, they're going to get you up to speed on, on things that are really, I mean, would take years to learn on your own. Um, I wrote up three recaps on 4 for 4 uh, GPP and cash game recaps for FanDuel, DraftKings, and Yahoo. Uh, so go ahead and check those out. Those are free right now. And week one, all of our uh, content is going to be free. So check out the advice we offer. Check out the structure of the articles. Um, if you like it, then uh, you can sign up and, and get access to all of that all season. If you haven't signed up yet, DFS MVP is the code that will get you 25% off the DFS sub, not any other sub. Uh, follow us on Twitter if you want some more. Holden at Holden Radio. Myself at TJ Hernandez, of course, 444 at 444 Football. We will talk to you guys in week two. Next level now, turn it up a notch. Him and Dre sent me to tear up the spot. Front on me, oh no, you know I'm loco. Hands up on the dance floor, okay, let's go. Back into it Do your thing like it ain't nothing to it Shake, 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 shake